Welcome to the Gospel Saves podcast, a program that discusses all matters related to the Christian faith. I'm Wade Stanley, an evangelist with the Church of Christ. Please visit thegospelsaves.me for blogs, videos, and Bible studies. You can also find The Gospel Saves on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Welcome back to my study of the end times. This is episode 6, The Love of Many Will Grow Cold, a study of the heartbreaking times between the crucifixion of Jesus and the destruction of Jerusalem. Jesus said the love of many will grow cold because of the lawlessness of the days leading up to Jerusalem's destruction. Betrayal, persecution, political extremism, and false prophets combined to produce an unsettling stretch of decades. In spite of all these obstacles, the gospel was preached to every creature under heaven. Colossians 1.23 Before I get into the study, let me do a little housekeeping. You may notice a slight drop in audio quality when the study starts. This study was recorded several years ago for my weekly radio broadcast. I didn't have the equipment then that I do now, so please bear with the slightly poorer quality. If you're listening to this podcast on Spotify or Apple and you find this or any of my other content helpful, please consider giving the podcast a five-star rating and leaving a review. If you're watching this on the Gospel Saves YouTube channel, Please give the video a thumbs up, subscribe to the channel, and click the bell icon to receive notifications when I upload new content. All of these small gestures help the good news of Jesus Christ reach more people, so you can help me preach the gospel and teach the doctrine of Christ's church to as many people as possible. I appreciate your help. And now on to our sixth study in the End Time series, The Love of Many Will Grow Cold. On our last program... We began to look at the, the signs that would lead up to the destruction of Jerusalem in Matthew chapter 24. In Matthew 24, Jesus endeavors to answer three questions from the disciples. They ask him, when will these things be, which we noticed in verse number two must mean, when will the destruction of the temple take place? And Jesus begins describing it in verse number four. He says that, these times will be marked by the appearance of false messiahs, that there will be wars and rumors of wars, that there will be famines and pestilences and earthquakes, that uh, brother will turn against brother, both within family and also within the country of the Jews itself. And we left off on our last program talking about how the Jewish people were turning on one another. And of course, one of the groups we can look at, historically speaking, are the Zealots, the Zealots were a political group that sought to uh, throw out the Roman occupation. And in the days leading up to the destruction of Jerusalem, they were in control of the city. They held this control with an iron grip. They threatened to execute anyone who cooperated with the Romans. They also would uh, assassinate people by stabbing them, them in the back. If they found out that any Jews were thinking about leaving the city or that they were cooperating with the Roman authority, they would come up to them in public, unawares, and stab them in the back. This seems to be a fulfillment of what Jesus was talking about. He says, many will be offended, will betray one another, and will hate one another. You can imagine as a Christian living in the city, seeing all these things take place, that this would make you wonder, 
This would make you think, well, the destruction must be coming. It must be just right around the corner. And that's going to be an important part of properly understanding Matthew 24 because it's something that Jesus will say later. There's one other thing that Jesus said would mark the days leading up to the destruction of Jerusalem. He said that the people of God would be persecuted. And we talked about how that took place not just in Palestine, but also in other areas of the Roman Empire. And finally, it was led by the Roman Emperor Nero himself, who accused Christians of setting fire to the city of Rome. And he did so falsely. In verse number 11, Jesus gives us a, another uh, landmark that would help the Jewish people understand that the destruction of Jerusalem was, was about to take place. He says that many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. We know that false prophets and false teachers were circulating among the first century Christians. Second Peter chapter 2 and the entire book of Jude are dedicated to warning the people of God against such men. But it wasn't just the Christians who were affected by false prophets. The Jews who earnestly expected deliverance and victory over Rome were also susceptible to false prophets. One man pretending to be a prophet persuaded a large number of Jews to take their riches with them and follow him to the Jordan River. He promised them that he would divide the river and make an easy way for them to pass through. Now you tell me, does that sound like a false prophet? Sure it does. During the rebellion and siege of Jerusalem, that siege and rebellion that Jesus predicted back in Luke chapter 19, verses 41 through 44, the ruling authorities set up false prophets to control the Jewish population. The zealots needed ways to control the people, so they would set up false prophets in order to do that very thing. Josephus, in his book, The Jewish Wars, has this to say, The tyrannical zealots who ruled the city suborned many false prophets to declare that aid would be given to, pe to the people from heaven. This was done to prevent them from attempting to desert and to inspire confidence in God. So the zealots, in order to keep people in the city, keep people from leaving and deserting the effort, raised up false prophets who promised that God would deliver the city. So we see that false prophets not only affected the early church, they were also used as a way to control the Jewish population. Back to Matthew chapter 24, in verse number 12, Jesus says, And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. We've been talking about a very troubling time period. The time period that's been marked by deception, by uh, civil and social unrest, by famines and pestilences and earthquakes, by false prophets, by persecution. All these things, Jesus says, all these things would contribute to a, a growing loss of love. The destruction of Jerusalem is one of the saddest events in human history, and it seems to be a natural consequence of such perilous times that love would grow cold. Josephus, who witnessed the destruction of Jerusalem, 
offers this heartbreaking account. During the siege of the city, a woman of distinguished rank, having been plundered by the soldiers, in hunger, rage, and despair, killed and roasted her own baby, and had eaten one half of it before the dead, before the deed was discovered. That, to me, is an example of the love of many growing cold. That sort of desperation can only be brought about by a woman who sees no other way of escape. Jesus says, because of all this, the love of many would grow cold. And a mother eating her own child, I think, is emblematic of that very thing. What mother in her right mind would do such a thing? Well, no mother would. And yet, because of all these things, all the natural inclinations of motherhood, all the instinctive things that mothers have, that they possess, all those had been overridden by the conditions of the times. Jesus also says here in Matthew 24 that this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations and then the end will come. You might wonder, when were the words of Jesus fulfilled? When was the gospel preached to all nations? In Matthew chapter 28 Verse number 19, Jesus gives the Great Commission. And he tells the disciples to go out into all the nations, preaching to them, converting them, and teaching them. So this was a direct order from Jesus that this message be carried out to the entire world. And he says that prior to the end, prior to this destruction of Jerusalem, that the gospel of the kingdom would be preached to the entire world. Now this is one of the parts of Matthew 24 that, that some take to mean that we must be talking about a time in the future, that the gospel has not been preached to the entire world. Well, interestingly, Paul, in the first chapter of the book of Colossians, verse 23 says that the gospel has been preached to every creature under heaven. If you've been listening to our program for the last few months, you might remember that we talked about this in our study of the book of Colossians. He says in verse 23 of chapter 1, If indeed you continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast, and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you heard, which was preached to every creature under heaven, of which I, Paul, became a minister. Now he's talking about being found holy and blameless and above reproach in the sight of God and of Jesus Christ. And we can come to that point. We can be found possessing these things if we continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast, and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel, which we have heard. And he says that that gospel has been preached to every creature under heaven. Now, depending on how you date the life of Paul, Colossians was probably written somewhere between 60 and 63 AD. Now that's 7 to 10 years before Titus and the Roman army destroyed Jerusalem. Think about that for a moment. 
when Jerusalem was destroyed, had the gospel been preached to all nations? Paul says by inspiration that the gospel had been preached to every creature under heaven. And of course, he doesn't mean, you know, it had been preached to every animal or every insect or every fish. He doesn't mean it in that sense. He's talking about it's been proclaimed throughout the entire world, that all nations have heard it. Now, we have no historical record of how this took place. But if you think back to the second chapter of the book of Acts, we see that there were 16 separate ethnic regions that were represented there in Acts chapter 2. Jews had come from all these areas, 16 different areas in the Roman Empire, to be in Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost. They were a part of Peter's audience. And we know that when Saul began persecuting the church in Acts chapter 8, that all these people went out everywhere, presumably going back home, and as they went, they preached the gospel to every place. You know, if you think about it, it would not take long, a few decades perhaps, for the gospel to spread in that sort of fashion. Now you might be thinking to yourself, well, what about over here in the Americas? Was it preached to the indigenous people over here? Technically, they weren't really indigenous, but were they preached to the people living here in North and South America? Or was it preached over in Australia, for instance, or Japan? Well, Paul says it was preached to every creature under heaven. Do we have historical record of that? No. But Native Americans have legends about uh, people of different skin color visiting them. Paul says the gospel has been preached or had been preached to every creature under heaven seven to ten years prior to the destroying of Jerusalem. So I think it is quite possible that this is what Jesus had in mind when he said back in Matthew 24 that the gospel of the kingdom would be preached to all nations. Paul says that had taken place. And that leads me to believe that what Jesus has been talking about up to this point are the days leading up to the destruction of Jerusalem. Thanks for listening to the Gospel Saves podcast. If you found this program useful, please visit thegospelsaves.me to find blogs, videos, and Bible studies. If you enjoyed the music on this podcast, please visit acapeldridge.com. You can also find Acapeldridge on Apple Music, Google Play, Spotify, YouTube, and Facebook. May God bless you as you seek to know His perfect will.